Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Inside the Winner's Circle here on the Win Life Podcast with Wilda Rivera. I am literally ridiculously excited right now, like embarrassingly so, um, because I have Sanaa Jaman with me, also known as Lady Dork. For all of you guys that follow her on Instagram or that I've been to her website. And I mean, literally, I could spend the next 20 minutes talking about all the amazing things that Sana has already done. But I'm going to do my best to do her justice in this short introduction. So Sana is calling in today from Kuwait. So not only am I happy to have Ron, but I'm extremely grateful for her to be on given how far away she is. She is a PhD of environmental engineering sciences for the University of Florida. And five years ago, she came to yoga when she came across it on Instagram. Now, like many who you guys might have heard on the show, it was about the shapes. It was about, man, how do people get into scorpion pull? Like, what is that about? And she dedicated herself to really trying to figure it out in that process, right, of being attracted to the shapes. She learned that yoga was bringing her an incredible new skill set of dealing with different past and current emotional traumas and or obstacles or adversities. And as a survivor of sexual and emotional abuse, she found that yoga really helped her to take her development and her personal growth to the next level. So not only was that her experience but then she was like I want to share this with others so in that time since developing her practice she's taught all over the world on her dork tour um, which is actually coming to Atlanta June 16th and I'll be in attendance but she's taught all over the U.S. all over the world she's been a part of the amazing Amara uh, retreat that was featured in Forbes recently she's worked with One World she just got back from Bali where she did her first detached with dork trip. She's written nine ebooks, okay, and has over 98,000 Instagram followers. Beyond that, she's one of the most raw, real, unfiltered people that you'll catch on the gram. And her message is often one of the power of self love. So, so now I hope I did you justice. Thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I mean, I think you said it all. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to get as much in there as I could. So, Sanat, talk to us a little bit about, you know, when you first started in your yoga journey, how you got drawn into it, and what was it about it that made you say, okay, like, I have a PhD as an engineer, but this is what I want to make my business. Um, well, it started when I first was introduced to a yoga challenge in 2013. Friend actually in a photo and prior to that I had no idea what yoga was except like meditation I didn't really know they actually did postures and so to me it was like shocking because it looked like gymnastics and I was always intrigued by gymnastics and I just figured there's something that you would have to grow up like training for and so once I figured out that you know those postures are actually yoga postures I was interested and the scorpion pose was um, the pose that intrigued me the most because I couldn't understand how a body can be inverted and bent like that. And so for some odd reason, I decided that that was going to be the pose that I was going to try to accomplish by the end of the year. Not mm-hmm. necessarily practice yoga. I just wanted to do it. 
<laughs> okay. I wasn't flexible. I didn't have no upper body strength, but I don't know. I don't know what got to me that year. So then um, I joined boxing for a month to work on my upper body and my core. And then I just started, like, playing around with poses. I was self-taught for the first year. And so within the 10 months of that year is when I finally touched my head with my foot in scorpion pose. And I was shocked because I'm just like, oh, my God, I didn't know that my body could actually do that. (laughs) (laughs) And then in the midst of it, um, actually, I was going through a breakup. And I realized through my practice that I became, like, um, almost, like, carefree, more patient. I wasn't really, like, heartbroken as I should be. And so um, that just made me like want to learn more about yoga since I wasn't really focused on meditation. I was just doing the physical postures. I just couldn't understand how it affected me emotionally, like for me to like grow emotionally. And so 2014, I decided that I wanted to go deeper into the philosophy. So I um, joined yoga teacher training and I did that for nine months. And then I've noticed myself also grow spiritually and emotionally and it helped me also with um, my PhD because around that year was starting to get a little bit stressful. Mm-hmm. And so 2015, before summer 2015, um, I released my first ebook called The Starting Point, which helps um, people like myself who don't at the time who don't know much about yoga, but want to learn. But there's so much overwhelming information online that. I just put it in a simple form, like a guideline, like, okay, this is where you, where, what you need to know as far as yoga so that you know what direction to go. Um, so I just made it very simple um, for people to understand what yoga is really about. And then I launched my first dork tour that summer. And how that happened is that um, I was going to move from Boston, I mean, from Florida to Boston and I wanted to take my car with me. And I was like, oh, it would be nice if I did workshops on my way up to Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, I don't really know how well it's going to go. At the time, maybe I had like 30,000 followers, I believe. And I was like, you know, I'm going up there anyways. So whether I get people to come to my workshops or not, it doesn't matter because I'm going to drive there anyways. And surprisingly, I sold out like in every city. So I was like, oh, my God. This is like real. <laughs> and the same with my ebook. Within the first week, a lot of people were buying my ebook. And I don't remember the number, but I, it was maybe almost $10,000 within the first couple of weeks. Wow. And so I was like, okay. I mean, people actually like want to see me teach. They actually want to hear me. They want to learn from me. So I'm like, okay, I think this might be something I would like to do. And so then I, fall was my second um, tour and it did well. And from then on, I just been growing my brand and focusing on it. And in 2016, as I was fit, 2015, as I was finishing up um, my PhD, my passion for yoga and how it helped me on and off the mat grew. And that's when I decided, you know what, I think I'm just going to make this work for me. I'm going to make my passion, you know, my career and make it work. Um, and it hasn't all been, like, great. You know, a lot of people assume, like, you know, I'm doing well. Now, this year has been good, but 2017 wasn't really well as far as my business. I barely made any money. Um, I remember times where I couldn't even afford a meal. 
<laughs> no, and that's so important for you to share, Sana, and and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because you are one of the people that really kind of lets people in, you know, to their mm-hmm. life. You know, if people follow you on Instagram, like they'll see you with your cat Jordan and mm-hmm. with your adorable niece and nephew, and you know, like you really share your life in a way that isn't it isn't like for attention right it's simply mm-hmm. just like yo i know y'all think y'all know what's going on but like when i'm at home i want to be in bed and watch ferdinand the bull with my sister <laughs> and i feel like yeah. that's that's something that is important especially for individuals who are aspiring you know mm-hmm. to, to do a lot to be successful they need to know that like Mm-hmm. you know 2017 was hard and I appreciate you sharing that you know and being like yo it's not always like you know trips to Abu Dhabi and you know flying yeah. forever you know so talk to us a little bit about like what when you experienced those hardships because you've also shared a lot about you know your move back to Kuwait mm-hmm. right because a lot of people they, they may be surprised like Kuwait you know they don't they may not mm-hmm. realize you're from there they may Mm-hmm. You know, they may just be confused. So talk to them a little bit about kind of your decision to move back. You know, do you face any, like, is there any resistance, like, from the family? Like, do they get yoga? Because, again, you have a PhD. You know, I'm sure, mm-hmm. like, any family, they might be like, well, don't you want to be a scientist? <laughs> um, so what's that, what has that journey been like for you? Um, well, the reason why I decided to move back is because 2016, my aunt, which is, um, she's close to me. She's like a mother to me, passed away. And I've realized that I, I spent a lot of uh, my time away from home. And my niece and my nephew are growing, you know, they're toddlers now. And so I wanted to spend more time with them. And for some reason, I recently, the last couple of years, I've been really focused on, like, my intuition when it comes to my career and making the decisions. Mm-hmm. And one night I just woke up and something in me just said I need to move back home. Don't really know why. I didn't really question it, but it was so heavy in my heart that I felt like I was obligated to do it. And now, in 2018, I understand why um, I moved. But at the time, it was just like I was just going with the feeling um, as far as transitioning, a lot of my um, physical and emotional sexual abuse happened while I was in Kuwait. And so um, coming back also means coming back to memories that I thought at the time I dealt with, but come to realize now that I was avoiding. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's part of why 2017 was hard. And I couldn't understand why I was like a little bit depressed you know, moving back home, um, letting go of everything that I knew, you know, having my own car, having my own place to live to like moving back to starting all over and then dealing with the emotional trauma of it all. And then also um, the time my niece's nanny had quit. So I had to watch a one-year-old full time. Uh, So it was just a lot uh happening at once. And it was just like, I couldn't deal with it emotionally. Um, And then my business, as far as my brand wasn't also doing well, so um, it was a lot. It was a lot. But in my heart, I just felt like, you know, it would be easy for me to just be like, I'll just use my PhD, you know. But I felt like in my heart, this is what I was made to do. And so I just had to, like, push through those times of struggles. And it would all just 
come together, which it did. 2018 has been amazing. Like, I can't even, I'm grateful. Like, I'm more than grateful. Like, it's more than what I imagined it could be. Um, and I'm grateful for that. But as far as my family, um, from the beginning, my mother was opposed to it because people just like, okay, it's it's not really a career. It's like a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, what are you doing? They just, you know, make a yoga, you know. <laughs> I mean, every, not even my family, honestly, any person I meet, like, let's say if I'm on a plane and people ask me, like, what do you do? And I'm like, okay, I'm a yoga teacher. They're like, uh, okay. And then they find out through conversation that I have a PhD in engineering. They just look at me crazy, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah. Like, actually nothing's wrong with me i'm actually happy <laughs> yeah like you're like i'm the happiest i've ever been <laughs> so um i mean there is resistance because people don't understand um and it's just not family just uh, many people don't understand how yoga can help them until they actually practice it or in in it to understand why somebody would choose this as a lifestyle and so um I don't know. I was just, I kind of ignore it. It really doesn't bother me. <laughs> like, because what I, and I've always been stubborn like that, like growing up, like, I don't really care what people think about what I do as long as what I do makes me feel good. And so when I got my PhD, it wasn't because my family wanted me to get it or I was influenced to get it. It was just like, uh, I honestly, if I tell you the reason, you'll laugh at me. Like most people, um, the reason why I wanted to get a PhD because I didn't want to go to work. So that was like I'm just gonna go to school. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I don't. You're talking to someone who has a JD but didn't practice law and loved going to school. So like you know, like you're preaching to the choir, sister. And then on top of that, like I just I really appreciated what you said about yoga and the trauma, and sometimes realizing that when we think we've worked through some things, it's actually that we we we've kind of buried them or put them to the side and mm-hmm. that because of yoga, we're able to face them. Cause I'm also a, a survivor of sexual abuse at a young age. And when I came to my yoga teacher training a few years back, three or four years ago, I think it was three years ago. Now I literally was like, Oh, like I've worked through all of that, you know, but mm-hmm. then going through yoga teacher training was like, Oh crap. Like mm-hmm. I have not like the first time we did the loving kindness meditation. I'll never forget when they said, when they got to the end, and they say, envision someone that's hurt you or done something to you. My abusers who came into my mind, and that blew me away because mm-hmm. it hadn't been for so many years. So, you know, and there's so much damn knowledge you've already dropped. So I just want to kind of recap for people. I hope they're listening that sometimes your passion and your purpose come to you later on. It may Mm -hmm. not always be what you went to school for. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have resistance. People are going to look at you because they have been programmed to think a certain way, to think, well, if you have Mm -hmm. X, then that means Y. But what Mm -hmm. they don't know about Sana is that she's using that engineering degree to create a dope-ass yoga mat that Mm -hmm. just came out called The Energy, which I am trying to get my little coin together to get. Um... (laughs) That is, you know, a, a sustainable, durable, and well-tested from what I can tell. So mm-hmm. there are ways that she's using her education. And aren't you also, like, on a dissertation committee or something? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, also, you know, how people may judge you on the outside doesn't mean anything. Like, you can't let yourself be defined by that. And I think Sanaa is such a great example of that. So, Sanaa... When you were like, 
when you were experiencing some of the challenges in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff was hard, but you were still digging into your practice and and you read a lot because I see you share often, you know, quotes from different books that you're reading. What mm-hmm. was a book or or a quote that you feel like really helped to propel you in your business and in your personal life through some of those really hard times last year? Um it's hard. <laughs> um, prior to the summer 2017, I actually hated reading. Like, I hated reading. I think it's because of school. I was just like, I don't have time to read. It's just too much. I did enough reading in school. And then um, somebody from the team of Cute Blackson actually offered to send me a free copy of a book that was signed. I was like, ugh another book (laughs) so it's actually called um you are the one by q blackson and so i read that book and it was the last uh chapter i think it was about love or something forgiveness i can't really remember exactly that just opened my eye completely and just made me fall in love with reading and you know it's about you know consciousness and being mindful and all that stuff and so that the book really opened my heart and my mind to reading want to know more how to deal with life and then my second book was a new earth by Eckhart Tolle mm-hmm. and that completely took me off to like being addicted to reading and those two books I think are the reason for my spiritual growth and my emotional growth and I'm still reading because um once I realized there was a lot of things that I still had to deal with, I'm always like trying to figure out how to grow from my experiences and in that in return, help other people also grow. And I share a lot and I try to be as transparent as um, I can be on Instagram without being too personal. Like I don't tell people like what exactly happened to me. Like, Oh, this person did to me or this person did. I don't do that because I don't want to involve other people and hurt them. Right. You know, but I do express my emotions involving. So if I'm angry, I'm speaking about anger. If I'm, um, you know, sad, I'm speaking about sad or I feel a certain way. I never include the situations or the people because you have to be really careful when it comes to online you don't want people to know every single detail about your life of course but you let them know that you know you're human you know we all feel sadness we all feel anger we all get impatient you know and so you just talk about the emotions and how you work through the emotions and so um that's kind of what i've done with my brand because a lot of people always assume like it's all fun you know she's always traveling she's always doing this and so I like to show people like it's more to that and if I am doing all of the traveling and it's all really all work related yeah yoga it besides my birthday that's probably the only vacation I took besides my detachment um trip I took last year like most of it is like really I'm teaching a workshop there or I have something going on there it's not obviously I'm gonna have fun while I'm doing it but um their work it's work yeah yeah and that's the (laughs) other reason why i wanted you to be on because you work hard (laughs) like you know like she just said guys like what if she's traveling it's usually work related and what i think that she is such a great example of is you can have the life that you desire you can create Mm -hmm. it you just have to be committed and you have to do Mm -hmm. the work she's not Mm -hmm. coming on and being like oh yeah this person just gave this to me or that person just mm-hmm. gave that to me. No, she goes out, 
she creates the relationship, she builds the relationship. And mm-hmm. what I love also about Zanada that I really like is if you ever look at her posts when she does like a challenge or anything, she keeps it so gully where she's like, yo, any inappropriate energy, anything <laughs> untoward on this post, you are getting blocked. Like, and I love that because I think, and I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it a little real and I'm, I would love to get your perspective on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is a sexualization happening of women mm-hmm. of color, especially in yoga, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, there's no blaming the women. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But at the same time, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't know that there was maybe a little bit more of gaining of exposure motivation mm-hmm. or whatever about why certain posts are being made or certain images are being shared. And what I love about Sada is that she really doesn't play that mess at all. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, y'all going to respect me on this thread or else you will not be on this thread. So, um I love that. And what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because it's, it's, it's tricky. Um, I feel like people, I mean, when you are, you're supposed to be yourself and be true to yourself, however you express it, it's up to you. Um, so I can't really sit here and judge people about what they post. For me personally, I can only speak about myself. Um, I have a lot of young women, young ladies, um, teenagers, even middle school that follow me, that look up to me. And I just feel like, um, I don't want them to think that in order for them to be successful, in order for them to get far in life, that they have to, you know, show their bodies in a certain way to get that attention. That's what I don't want, you know. And so, like, yes, I'm very proud of my body. I love my body. Um, But that doesn't mean the whole world has to see, especially online. I just feel like online, you just can never erase it. Like, if you're out in public, you want to dress however you want, that's fine. But whatever you post online is, like, permanent. And so you have to make that decision. Like, you know, what if later on I don't want to pursue yoga? Or I, you know, I have children and my children, you know, I got to look at this online. Whatever the case may be. It's just too many variables for me. So it's just, like, I'd rather not. And then I want to have a certain level of respect. Like, I don't want people, especially men, you know, just see me as an object, you know. Yeah, she has a nice body and that's all they care about. And they start to say inappropriate things to me, whether it's online or in public. Like, no, you're going to respect me because I (laughs) deserve, you know what I'm saying? It's like, so if you don't like it, you can go. And I just like to keep the positive energy flowing through my profile, like I said, because I have young girls um, that do follow me to look up to me and I don't want them to see what men say they want to do to me like that's just not cool you know yes so yes. it's just like I don't I don't try to I just I'm just block them I don't even argue back and forth with them I'm just like okay I'll delete your comment and I'll just block you so it's just like it's your loss I mean I don't really care if you follow me or not like, exactly. I'm not about the followers I'm not about the likes to me um, I have a purpose and I have a message and um, whether you receive that or not, it's up to you, but you're not about to have other people not receive the message because you're being inappropriate. And so you got to go. Yeah. Like and- I say, you can join the block party you know, <laughs> seat for you. You can sit there and y'all can chat it up. <laughs> <laughs> and what, you know, I love the message that you share because there's a real, you know, a thread of just this brazen authenticity but that is grounded in knowing your purpose. It's grounded mm-hmm. in knowing that you, you know what to do. So what would your advice be? So like there's, I feel like there's, you know, two kinds of listeners that listen to the mm-hmm. show. There's people that, you know, they feel like they know their purpose and they're struggling maybe to, 
to, to you know, maybe they're going through their version of 2017 and they just got to keep going, right? But then mm-hmm. there's also people who are trying to kind of figure out what their purpose is. And those people may be intimidated, like, by actually mm-hmm. having to sit down and figure that out. What would your, like, advice be to those people who maybe aren't as clear in their purpose and so they don't have the same amount of conviction as you do? How, what would you tell them? you know, in terms of being brave and getting after it? I think everybody knows their purpose is whether they're listening or being having an open heart to it. I think a lot of times people get in their own way. So let's say, for instance, for me, like, if I was at the beginning, like, yoga is not my thing. I would never be this person. If I was just coming to it with some type of doubt, criticism, or um, fear, because I never thought I would be a yoga teacher and do it as a business. That was not, like, what is that? You know, I think because I was open to the idea and I just ran with it and just let it come to me within it. I found my purpose. I think that's what people have a problem with. You already know your purpose. I think before you actually know it, if that makes sense, it's just you're blinded by distractions, by work, by family, financial gain, whatever it is. You're not really allowing yourself to open up to the purpose. And so it's not figuring it out what your purpose is you already know it. it's whether you're open to it and whether you're um ready to take the steps to walk the path when it comes to your purpose you don't know where you're going and so a lot of times people are uncomfortable with that they don't they would like to know like okay if I take this step where is it going to lead to where what am I going to get out of this how much money I'm going to make how many how much you know how many people am I going to know? What connection? What networking? Like, is this going to grow into, like, a, a big business or not? They want to know kind of where they're going so they can feel a little bit secure and comfortable. But unfortunately, when it comes to your passion and your purpose, you don't know where you're going. The doors are just opening, and you're literally just walking through and just like, okay, I'll figure it out as I go. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have a plan at all. I still don't have a plan. I only planned for three months in advance, like, don't know anything. I'm just like, okay. Like, I'm opening my studio, you know, this fall. And I have no clue how to run a studio. Or how is, you know, I have a vision of how I want it to go. But, you know, when it, obviously we know when it comes down to it, it's not going to go how I think it's going to go. And you're opening so it like, in Kuwait, right? Yeah. And huh? so you just have to go with it. You just figure it out as you go. <laughs> and and that's what, that brings me to my next question. And I'm I'm gonna circle back on a lot of the things you just said because that's really that's really everything. Like what you just said is everything. Um, but in Kuwait, that's a predominantly Islamic country, right? Mm-hmm. What is the? How are they receiving yoga? What is the 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 climate around it? Because I know I've been really pleased to see more Islamic women practicing yoga with you know their hijabs on and mm-hmm. doing their pose and that makes me really happy because i know even in america right there are people who are christian who are afraid of doing yoga because they right. think it's going to conflict with their religion so right. you know i'm sure what can you speak on with regard to that um people have, i'm surprisingly i was also shocked when i moved that a lot of people do practice and you know there's a few yoga studios here and a lot of people are open to it and um are they're not conflicting it with religion because they understand that yoga is not a religion it's just you know what the word means is you know union of the mind body and soul which we already do in islam because just like yoga we have a mat 
just like yoga, we practice sun salutation is very similar to our prayer when we pray five times a day. Mm -hmm. And so they understand the benefits of, you know, the practice. And so they're more eager to do it and they want to. So it's not like being resisted or rejected as far as I know has been very well received. Um, I haven't had a problem with people like being against it or hearing people being against it. I think it's just a matter of like people don't understand it. So they're trying to understand why you do it and what is it doing it for you. Um, but no, there's a, a huge clientele base. I'm surprised there's a lot of teachers as well. Um, mm -hmm. Many of them also have careers. I know a few doctors, a few lawyers, you know, that are teachers. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh. Okay, so I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. It's like when you step into your purpose, right? You see that there's a whole other community that you mm -hmm. didn't even know about that is coming to support you, mm -hmm. right? So it's 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 been it's been good. So I'm like excited to create a space for people to be themselves. Um, hence the name. I named my studio True Yoga, and so. Um, I'm just, I just want people to be themselves and love themselves, you know, and just, just be that. It's really as simple as that. Just be that, whatever that is to you. That's, that's what's up. So, uh, I could keep you on for another 30 minutes, but I'm not going to, but I want to just really quick recap for the listeners. Remember what Sana has said. Even if you don't practice yoga, if you have nothing to do with wellness and you're in banking, it's all about knowing what your purpose is, being open with your intuition, and really connecting with that and following it. If you resist mm -hmm. it yourself, you're not going to, you're not going to get super far because you're not listening, right? Mm -hmm. And you're, you may have an okay existence, but it may not be the one where you're most aligned. Take mm -hmm. the risk, right? So now saying, mm -hmm. put yourself out there, listen to yourself. And when you do actually do the things that'll start mm -hmm. moving you in the right direction, when stuff gets hard, double down. Take some time to care for yourself, you know, like she did. And then keep working at it. Don't give up. Don't throw your hands up and be like, it's too hard. She mm -hmm. gave you guys some good books. She said, You Are the One by Q Blackson and A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Check those out. Now, so now I am, again, so grateful, so appreciative for everything that you shared. Can you share with them one last thing? If they want to win life like you, what is one last little piece of advice you would give them? Um, I mean, it was previously what I touched on is really just to be open to life. I think um, understanding that life is a balance. You know, you're not always going to have great things happen. You're also going to have moments where things are not great. And you just have to accept it and just understand that. That's just part of the lessons that you need to learn and be okay with it and work through it. And like you mentioned, to not give up. If you genuinely believe in your heart that this is something that is for you, you just keep pushing and don't put a timeline. A lot of times people are like, well, it's been five years already. Like, you know, they say it takes about 10 years for your business to actually boom like it's supposed to. Um, and people, I think, look at those people who like just boom quickly those miracle stories if you want to call them that that their business just takes off right away but on average the majority of people it takes a while when you're an entrepreneur and you're running your business so you have to just be consistent persistent have a um open heart and just go after it through the struggles and all just don't do 
you know, live your purpose when it's all good. You have to live your purpose even when things are not good. Mm. Yes, live your purpose when it's good and live your purpose when it's not good. Be consistent, persistent, and have an open heart. Well, if you guys want to connect with Sanaa, you can find her on IG at Lady Dork, online www.ladydork.com. And what is your Facebook again? Oh, it's Dr. Lady Dork. Dr. Lady Dork, don't y'all forget it. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for being on. It has been such a pleasure. And for all of you guys out there listening, go out there and win life. Thank you for having me. appreciate it.